Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, Life West, good morning. Man, what a privilege. Honestly, what a privilege to be here. Just if I can get situated here. I could. Um, buenos dias. Okay, that's impressive. That, that, that's really good. That's really good. Um, man, I, you know, like Pastor Samuel said, thank you guys for being who you are and for impacting Mexico through who you are just right here. Uh, yeah, just about, I guess, next year for us, in February would be five years that, that we launched down there. And uh, it's such, such a fun thing to be in a different country but not be alone. Come on, somebody. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for launching with us. Uh, 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 thank you for, if you, if you ever go online and see anything of what we're doing via YouTube, that's your cameras, by the way. That You made that possible. Praise right now for what he's doing worldwide. It is so good. It is so good. And, and Pastor Samuel and Becca, thank you. Thank you for your friendship. Uh, and just it's just so good to be here. My family is with me. I'm not going to have them all stand up, but my wife and my three kids are here. And, and it's so fun. My daughter said to me this morning, she's like, hey, Dad, I'm kind of excited. I'd, it's been a long time. Since, you know, she serves in church, right, like everybody else kind of. And she's like, I haven't heard you preach a sermon in a while. I'm kind of excited about this. So I'm under a little bit of pressure. I hope I do good. Right? I, I, need to, I need to make sure to, my daughter kind of still thinks I'm all right. And so, but, but hey, just a quick report. We do bring love and greetings from, from Iglesia Radiante, right? That's the Radiant Church down in Guadalajara, Mexico. And, and so far, because of, because of what you do in praying and in just in partnering with us, so far this year we've had 134 decisions made for Jesus. Yeah, 42 of those have been in-house, and then 92 of them have been, have been outside through the outreaches we do. And again, it's just a little something to share with you, with what the impact that you are having. Because you're not just impacting Allendale and Grand Rapids and West Michigan. You, you're touching Mexico uh, as, as you partner with us. And so again, thank you so very much. And so today, today we just kind of want to want to go into into the word with you guys and and man I'm so excited to be here. This is fun. Pastor Samuel and and, and by the way, Jesse and Marty. Ah! Are you kidding me right now? These guys together here, wow, I'm, I'm having a moment, you know. I really am. I really am. My wife and I, we started serving uh, at Rest Life in Granville. That's, that's like, it's, so this is a, a somewhat of a homecoming for us, you know, with, with, with family that goes all the way back to whenever God called us into, into serving in the local church full time. So I'm just really having a moment, and thank you guys for allowing me that moment just real quick. So go in your Bible with me. Uh, somebody shout Jesus. All right, go in your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 14, and, and we're going we're gonna to get into the word around verse 22. But before I, I go there, would you agree with me that in this world that we live in sometimes, there are just some crazy moments? Yeah, I imagine those laughs meaning like, oh yeah, I know, right? There's just crazy stuff happening all around us, and often that means that you and I have to navigate through certain storms, right? Anybody relate with me? Now, I, you know, we just traveled up here, and, and one of the things I love, if, you, if you've flown and you, you kind of like me, you like looking out the window, and sometimes, you know, right now we're missing one of my favorite seasons down in Mexico, which is the rainy season, um, and, 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 and it, just, it just smells great, right? You know when it starts raining? Anybody with me? I just love that. But, 
But sometimes your plane can't take off right away because, you know, there's just enough rain around that it's not safe to do so. But you ever notice, if, you, if this has ever happened to you, whether it's a snowstorm or, 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 or just a regular rainstorm, that when you finally do, no matter how dark it is on the ground, you go high enough and the sun is shining, baby. Come on. Right? You just, if you just go high enough, somebody say with me, high enough, you'll find the sunshine, right? And I think that's one of the highest privileges you and I have when we're in relationship with Jesus. That no matter what we go through, man, we go deep enough with him, he'll take us high enough to see the sunshine, right? And so today, my hope really and my prayer is that our hearts together can just be encouraged by what God has, say, has said to us in his word. And one of the, again, so Jesus, we, we'll go to Matthew 14, but just a little background. When we get to this point, Jesus' cousin has just been horribly murdered. John the Baptist was murdered. And, and, and Jesus wanted to, you know, he was grieving. I'm sure he was upset. He was tired. You know, he had been ministering a ton. And he wanted, he wanted to just get along, along, alone with the Father, but he couldn't. Because people came and, 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 and they... Their, their needs were, were right in front of him. And he didn't always do this, but at this time, the Bible says that he had compassion in him. And, and, and he turned towards them, and he healed the sick. Then he fed 5,000 people. And that was just counting men, I think, right? Because women and children, they, they weren't included in that count. So he feeds all these. And that's how Jesus responds to the grief and the difficulty, honestly, the, 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 terror, the, the terrorist attack on his family, right? That's how he responded to it. He pushed back the darkness, and he advanced the kingdom of God regardless of what was going on in his life. And that's where you and I catch up with him here in Matthew 14, 22, where the Bible says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the, in, into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. And, while, and, and, and said, well, he dismissed the crowds. Sorry, I'm just getting back in here, so English is like I have to come back. So if, if by the way, if at some point I just shout out stuff in Spanish, just say amen. All right, just because my brain might not, might not know yet that I'm in Michigan. All right, so here we go. It says, and after he had dismissed them, he... It started talking to me in Spanish. Did you see that? I don't even have it programmed that way. But anyway, so then after he had dismissed them, he went up and, uh, on the mountain by himself to pray. He finally got some alone time, right? It says, later that night he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because of the winds against it. Shortly before, that, before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. You guys, many of you know this story, right? And, 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 and he says, and when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, probably just as much as you would have, and I would have been. And says, it's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, here comes Peter. He says, tell me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sing, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus, and right in classical Jesus fashion, he says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for the freedom that we have to do this, to meet in a place like this, to look into your word. God, to be 
hearers of your word so we can be doers. Now, Holy Spirit, we desperately need your help. Help us, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, and give us a, a heart that is valiant to not just hear but do the word you speak to us, that we may walk in your freedom and in your victory in the invincible name of Jesus. Amen? All right, so when storms come, what happens? We see these guys in the middle of a storm, and, and today, again, I just want to encourage your heart because maybe somebody in here or somebody you know could be facing a storm, right? Actually, my, my, my first pastor in Michigan, Pastor Dwayne Vanderklok, he, he used to say that. I don't know if he coined it, but he used to say this a lot. You know, truth is you're in one of three places in life. You're either going into, you're, you're going into a storm, right? You're in the middle of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. And, and that is true. Now, you might be here it's like, man, Edgar, Sunday. Can you be a little more positive? I'd be like, I'm positive. You're either in the middle of a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're heading into another one. That, just, that, is, that is the truth, right? But the good news is that if you let him, God can make, he can get mileage for good in your life out of any storm that comes against you. He can teach us and strengthen us through every, every issue we face, right? Because, because, because God is it's just what he does, but he does not cause evil or destruction. We have to know this, right? John 10.10 10 says that it is the enemy, the thief, right? The enemy of our soul who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says he comes to give life and life abundantly. So we have to know where, where that comes from. When we don't know that, that's dangerous. Because then we start blaming God for evil things that happened that he never initiated, right? We become angry with God. We sometimes become offended at God. The most dangerous thing is that we become disconnected from God, right? Disconnected from the only one that can actually get us through the storms of life. And that could be fatal to our spiritual walk. Now, like the disciples at that lake, most of us have, have experienced a storm or two. And you know when I'm talking about storms, I'm talking about problems. Somebody say problems. Yeah, you know, broken relationships, right? A, a bad situation in your marriage, maybe a bad diagnosis, right? Some, some, some financial hardships. But, but as bad as that may be, here's the thing, Life West. What we experience outwardly is not nearly as dangerous as what could happen to us inwardly. The real danger of a storm or issues in our lives is not what happens outside, is what could potentially happen on the inside of us, right? Verse, verse 24 said that the boat was a considerable distance from land, buffeted, just continually, you know, hit by the waves because the winds were against it. What happens, what, what are some of the dangers that you and I face if we're in the middle of a storm right now or the ones we're going to step into in the future, right? What are some of the things you and I want to guard against? What, what happens when we're in the storm? Well, number one, if you're a note taker, is we feel far away from help right? It just makes us feel like we're, like, there's just no help. We're, like, we're alone, and, and nobody else is facing this. I'm the only one going through this. Nobody will ever understand me, or my pain, or my, fresh, my frustration, or my fear. And so the enemy is trying to make us feel like we're alone, like we're so far from help. And in the middle of a storm, it is critical that you and I uh, know that our feelings are real, but they're not necessarily true. You with me? Our feelings are real, right? But they're not always true. And that's something you and I have to be on guard against. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. How many of you believe this is true? 
You three, awesome. All right? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How many believe this is true? So are you alone? You might feel alone, but the truth is that you're not. And the thing is, if you and I know this, look at this. It says, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Notice, you and I being able, that, being able to say that the Lord is with us and that we will not be afraid depends or hinges on us knowing, and not just up here, but knowing down here, right, that God is with us, that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he's a good father, right, that he will, that he will never allow anything to come to us that we are not already equipped by his spirit and his grace to bear. So the truth is that we're not alone. Number two, what happens when we're in the middle of a storm? We become, we become consumed with the circumstances. It's all we can think about is what's going on, right? And that causes us sometimes to be able to, to, to step away or prevents us from seeing God's help and God's truth, right? And his blessing in the middle of everything, which eventually leads us to number three, which is we struggle, right? We do everything we can to, to fix it ourselves, <laughs> Whatever is happening, right, we just, okay, I got to do something. I got to do more. I, I, I got to figure something out, right? Um, Mark 6.48, maybe not in your notes, but it's another version of this same story. says that uh, uh, he saw, Jesus saw the disciples straining at the oars. They were just, oh, I got to try harder. I got to get myself out of this mess. I, I, I'm going to do it. I can. I will. And while we must be responsible to do our part, in whatever God is leading us to, to, to do to, to get us out of any or through any storm, we have to remember that it will never be by our own ability that we can get through something in a healthy way. We should rely on God. Why? Because God, God needs to not be our last option. He needs to always be our first resort. Right? I don't know if it's happened to you. It's happened in my household a couple of times where something's going on with, with, within, with our communication with my wife, with Erica. Usually because Erica hasn't prayed or something. And so I am just kidding. I am just kidding. So kidding. So like if you never see me again, that, that was why. But, but anyway, so, so and, and, and I don't know, guys, I hope, you can, I hope you can give me some support on this one. You, you try to do something. You try to say something, make things better. <laughs> And we just get deeper in the mud, right? It's like, ah. So because I'm trying. And, and so I got, I, on those, those moments, I just need to pray, right? But listen, for God to be God in our lives, again, he needs to be our first option, not our last resort. We have to put God first. Number four, what happens or what are the, danger, the internal dangers when we're in the middle of a storm is that we have a hard time recognizing God. Remember the disciples? They thought he was a ghost, Right? They couldn't recognize Jesus for who he was. And when we're consumed by our circumstances, we can't recognize God even when he's right ne next to us because we're so focused on the winds and the waves. And we recognize God, but we also run the risk of believing that God is something or someone he is not. We might even be at risk of believing that he is the author of our suffering or loss or a disappointment. Like, God is the one that gave me this cancer. Or God took my loved one and God let my marriage. Do you know what I'm saying? That is dangerous because then we're not even, we're not in the middle of a storm. We're so consumed by our stuff, right, our issue, our pain, our frustration, our fears, that we are not even able to recognize Jesus or God in our lives for who he really is. And that's dangerous. And we don't want that for you, right? And so how do we do 
the opposite. How do we overcome a storm? How do we allow God to lead us through a storm? Number one, just to kind of, as we, as, we, as we turn the corner on this message here, what do we have to do to successfully navigate through the storms of life? Number one, and I believe this, you may be like, what? You have to embrace the supernatural. One of the greatest benefits that you and I have as being children of God is we serve a supernaturally powerful God, right? He can bend the loss of nature for you, right? He, I mean, we were just singing about this. He opened up the sea so you could walk through it. Come on, I don't know if you're in here with me, but if you're facing a storm today, you need to know and you need to believe that God will open the sea for you too. Maybe not the Red Sea, but whatever sea of situations that you have in front of you, and God will speak to whatever storm you're in if you just trust what he said and stay put on his promises. You have to embrace the supernatural, right? Because here's the thing, as a result of our human capacity to, 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 to reason and, 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 and think logically, some of us could struggle with this, <laughs> but, but so did the disciples, right? They, they thought when they, walk, when they saw him walking on water, they were scared. You know, and walking on water, that happened. That, that actually happened. You know, they, they, they didn't know how to embrace it at the moment, but you and I can. Now, if we're going to experience the power of God in the midst of our storms, here's the deal. We need to believe and embrace the fact that our God is able and willing. Because many of us believe God can for someone else. But here's the deal. Life West, he wants to for you too. Today, right now, he wants to do it for you. We need to believe, we need to embrace the fact that he, God is able and willing to move supernaturally in and through our lives. In every circumstance, we must, we must fight with our need to control, make sense of, explain everything. Right? In Spanish, the, the fact that God is supernatural is sobre natural. Two words. Sobre, above, right? Natural. He's, he's above what you and I can understand or think or, or the solutions we and I can come up with. He is, he is bigger and greater and above all that. As a matter of fact, in John 14, 12, he said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Right? And here's, here's the big implication of that. Because he went to the Father, God the Holy Spirit came down to live in you. So the supernatural power of God lives right on the inside of you. So if you, if you think about it, you know, your spirit, soul, and body, right? One-third of your being is wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling, Holy Spirit. He can lead you. He can lead you around any turbulence or right through whatever current or adverse current in your life today. No matter what it is, we all face storms. If you're in one today, my hope is that you know that he wants to. He can, but he wants to. If you just let him, he wants to lead you through that thing in a successful way. But, but God requires one thing in, uh, from us in order to be able to show his power in our life, and that's faith, right? Luke 18, 8 said, man, when Jesus comes back to it, will he find faith on the earth. I believe he will. I believe he finds some faith right here today. You believe that? So number two, what do we have to do? So number one, we have to embrace the supernatural. If we're going to navigate through storms successfully, number two, we need to jump out of the boat. I mean, come on, Peter. Thank you for showing us the way, right? You just, sometimes you need to jump out of the boat. You just can be crazy, right? Look at your neighbor and say, man, you got to be crazy. Now, now some of you are like, 
Well, you have to be crazy. No, no, no. Here, here's what I want you to tell me. You have to be crazy. Like that. Go ahead. You have to be crazy. <laughs> hey, thanks for letting me have a little fun in church today. But So you have to jump out of the boat. What does that mean, Edgar? It means that you and I, as human beings who have the capacity to analyze and reason, sometimes we have to stop analyzing, you know, the situation and just and stop focusing on the problem and just choose to trust a supernatural, powerful, good, loving, merciful, gracious God. That's what we have to choose to do, right? The Bible says in verse 29 that Peter got out of the boat and then he walked on water. And I know, I know many of us knock on Peter. Right? But here, here's what I say. Man, until you've walked halfway to Jesus on water, you have no right. Like, like he, I, he at least walked halfway, right? I've never walked on water unless it was frozen. But, so, but notice this. Notice. When Peter jumped out of the boat, and this is important for you, and especially if you're in a storm today. Don't raise your hand. But if you're in the middle of a storm today, you need to know this. Peter jumped out of the boat while the storm was still raging. You ever catch that? In this text, he didn't wait for everything to be okay. And many, many of you maybe have heard it this way. I, I, it really impacts, impacted me when I heard Jesus didn't walk on water. He walked on one word. Come. He trusted the word, right? And he went while the storm was still raging. He had to have more faith in Jesus' one word, come, than the circumstances that were screaming at his five senses. You're going to drown. He had to drown that and walk in faith towards Jesus. And when Peter denied his, his need as a human being to control and make sense of everything and to logic ex logically explain everything, right, here's the deal. He went from a terrifying experience to a supernatural one, right? Just with one choice to believe. And that's when God took over. It was great. It's great. So you and I can learn from that if, you're, if we're in the middle of a storm. Number three, how do, we, how do we navigate through a storm successfully? Man, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. You have to set that thing, you know, establish a setting, and don't let anything move them. Doesn't matter what you feel, because sometimes your, feeling, your feelings are true, but sometimes, I mean, your feelings are real, but they're, sometimes they're not true, right? So fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't get distracted, because as long as Peter's eyes were on Jesus, how many of you know, he walked on water. The dude walked on water. That's pretty legit, right? That's pretty impressive if you ask me. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Even while the storm was raging all around him. Now, the storms of life, problems, have one single purpose in your life and in my life. And that is to take our eyes off of God's promises, right, his truth, off of God's power, and off of his purpose for our lives. That's the one thing storms want to do. That's why the enemy sends them. That's why, if you're a note taker, you know, the enemy of our soul is always seeking to take us down. However, right, if Satan cannot distract you, he cannot destroy you. We can see that in the, in, in the example of Peter, right? 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on the problem, not on the financial issues, not even on the, you know, God, thank God for the medical professionals. But we don't even fix our, our eyes on, on the diagnosis. Come on, somebody, right? We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, spiritual realities. The fact that the name of Jesus is greater and more powerful than anything in the universe, right? The blood of Jesus has washed us clean and can heal us, right? A a any of that. We fix our eyes on spiritual realities for what is seen is temporary. 
But what is unseen is eternal, right? That's not going to change. That's going to stay. No matter what happens down here, that is forever. The unseen realities of the spiritual kingdom of God. Now, don't fix your eyes on the disappointment, on the marriage problems, on the bad diagnosis or the financial crisis. Fix them on God's eternal promises and his willingness to manifest them in your life today. And as we finish, number four, what do we do? How do we navigate through a, successfully through a storm in our lives? And this is important. Honestly, I left it to the end because it's my favorite. Just kind of how I'm wired. But this is it. You choose to worship in the storm. I'm telling you, we must learn to do this through it all. There's one thing about believers of Jesus Christ that makes us different. And that is that we don't have to wait for everything to seem okay, to be okay, to be good, right? You worship him in the storm. Notice the Bible said in verses 32 and 33 that when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, right? Because the wind and, and the waves, they, they know his voice. And they've got to obey it. He is the creator. <laughs> he can split a sea open for you, yes. He can calm the winds, yes. And even in storms, you know what? There's something he's doing in us. He's strengthening us. He's anchoring us. And today, I just, in my heart, just like, you know what? God is anchoring your soul to some things that maybe you never even realized. Storms are not all bad. They make roots go deeper. <laughs> so you learn to worship him in the middle of a storm. You and I, we learn to give God glory in, in the worship that he is due. But here's the deal. Don't wait until everything settles down. Do it in the middle of the storm. Do it now. Now, you might be here and you might be coming out of a storm. You're like, Whew, man, I'm good. Or you might, you might not even know it yet, but you're going towards one. <laughs> We're praying for you. We're going to need this at some point. During our journey on earth, we're going to need this, church. But I specifically had in my heart today those who are in the middle of one. Because this is when you don't think about all this other stuff we're, we're talking about. This is when you're just thinking about the winds and the waves. You worship him right now. David said, Psalm 34, says, I will. Not, notice this is a choice, not a feeling. I will extol the Lord at all times. How often? When, when times are good, when times are not as good, at all times, in the middle of the storm, at all times, his praise will continually be in my lips. Why? Why, Edgar? Why, David? Man, because I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to your prayers. It says, the righteous person may have many troubles. Come on, bring it on, Right? says, but, somebody say, but, say with me, but, yeah, but the Lord delivers him out of them all, right, the Lord will, not might, will rescue his servants, 
No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Why? Because he will come through for you so that you can come through the storm. So if you're going through a storm right now, as we end tonight, today, tonight, maybe just even in your seat, ask Xavier if he would lead us in, in a chorus. If you don't want to, you don't have to get up. You can if you want to, I think. But if you're going through a storm, this is, this is your morning to worship like you've never worshiped before, to give it all to God. It'll just be a minute. But I want to invite you right now, if you're not in a storm, I want you to worship him for what he's going to do in your, in your kingdom family right now. Because there's some people undoubtedly in a crowd like this, undoubtedly somebody's, somebody's facing a storm. And today my hope is that you're facing the one who can lead you through the storm. Don't wait. Listen, the winds are going to die down. The waves are going to stop. Don't wait. Worship him in the middle of this one. And watch what breaks through for your life. Right there where you're at. Xavier, would you just lead us for just a moment? God, we just thank you. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. Come on, believe it. He's doing My it for you. Fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me, so I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. Come, Come on, on let your worship bring your breakthrough in Jesus. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You split to me so I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. Come on, I'm no longer, I'm no longer. God, we just come together with collective faith as a family. And we speak truth and hope and strength to every heart that's in the middle of a storm right now. And in our spiritual family, we declare right now, Father, that you do what you intend to do, a strengthening and growing and, and setting our roots deeper in the middle of this thing. But God, we also proclaim your deliverance over them. God, we speak healing over everybody that needs physical healing. God, we speak uh, favor 
and provision for every economical uh, situation going on. God, we speak restoration and peace over every home, every relationship, every marriage. Right now, God, we just declare that your truth is greater. God, in the name of Jesus, we just speak hope. God, I, I ask that you would help us to trust you more than, our, than in ourselves. That, that you will help us to believe your word more than our feelings. God, today that you would help us fix our eyes on Jesus and not on our circumstances. Lead us to a life of faith that will invite you into every situation in our lives so that by your power, not ours, by your power we can go through every storm in life in the mighty name of Jesus. Now if you just give me one quick more moment. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe somebody invited you. They just loved you enough to invite you to church today. And you're here. I, I got to tell you, to live a life that overcomes the storms of life, there's only one prerequisite. And that is that Jesus needs to be in the boat. He needs to be in your life. He needs to be in your heart. And he must be declared the Lord of the ship. He has to be the Lord of your life. He has to be the one that has the wheel. So if you're here today and you, you don't know Jesus in a personal way. Here, here's what I mean by that. A lot of people know about God. But there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing Him personally. And what I'm, what I'm talking to you about is if you don't know Him relationally yet, today is your day. Because that is the one prerequisite to enjoy all of the promises and deliverance of God in our lives. Now, in Revelation 3.20, Jesus said this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That door's your heart. And He has to knock because He made that door without a handle on the outside. Only you can open it. And he's too much of a gentleman. He could, but he won't kick it in. He won't kick it open. He wants you to make the decision, right? He says, if you open that door, he says, I will come in. I love this. The New Living Translation says, and we will sit down and eat together as friends. Now listen, does any of that speak to you about religion, denominations, traditions? No, it's relationship. It's what God always wanted was relationship with him through Jesus Christ. We men, we've messed that up throughout the ages. But he's always only wanted relationship with you. And if you're here today and you have religion, you have some sense of what, of what God is, but you don't have a relationship with him, you don't have to leave here without it. You can have him in your heart today. You can be forgiven of your sin and be assured of life with him in eternity. Now, to do that, we're not going to ask you to come forward. This is between you and God. But I'd love to know. I just, just, just need to say a quick prayer. And I'd love to pray with you today, if that's you. If you're here and you don't know Jesus personally, you know about God, but you don't know God, or you're not sure, you qualify for this prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just quickly going to ask you to raise your hand just so I can know who I'm praying with, right? I'm going to count to three, you raise your hand. Now, when you lift up your hand, this is what you're saying. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, one. When you lift up your hand, just a moment, this is what you're saying. I believe that he came to earth to live without sin and die for mine, too. When you raise your hand, just a moment, this is what you're declaring. I believe that not only did he die to forgive my sin, but he rose again on the third day so I could be set free from it and live with purpose and in eternity with him. Three, right now, if that's you, say, I want Jesus in my life. Lift up your hand real quick, just real quick. All right, awesome. God bless you guys. All right. If you lift it up and you put it down, we're just going to all say a prayer together. If you would just put your hand over your heart 
And say this with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for giving your son to die so I could live. Now you tell him, Jesus, thank you for taking my place at Calvary's cross. Thank you for taking my sin and giving me your forgiveness, for taking my fears and giving me your peace, for taking my death and giving me your eternal life. Today I give you mine. Thank you for being my Savior. Today I proclaim you my Lord. My life is yours. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and lead me into everything you have for me since the foundation of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.